Welcome back to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Fergus, your host here. Um, just giving you a lowdown. This is a, a different one. It's a little bit of a spin on our normal 1 to 11s. Uh, we've collaborated with the guys from Play On and Beer and Rap Banter Podcast uh, with um, Ash and Ben uh, to do a Heartbreak 11. It's actually intriguing interesting quite funny stick with it it's worth it and remember stay home stay safe save lives up the arsenal get ready for the world's greatest arsenal podcast welcome to another podcast by guns and yellow ribbons enjoy the show hello Welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, we are in lockdown, as we know, and we're trying to do some different things. The normal podcast doesn't really seem to work at the minute because there's nothing positive, there's nothing enjoyable, there's nothing nothing worth talking about. We can look at negative things around the club and everything else. So I've got in touch with um, where through Dan, uh, Dan Potts, who you will know from same old Arsenal and Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Um, and we've got in touch with um, Ash, who was on with us the other week, and Ben, and they're from uh, Play On, uh, one of the pod- podcasts that they do, and Beer Rap and Banter. And what we're going to do is I'll introduce them first of all. Uh, first of all, I'll bring back in Ash. How are you doing, Ash? Yeah, I'm good, guys. How are you? Good. I'm glad you put a hat on because the shine was like, you know, really. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm happy to be here again. Um, you won't hear too much from me today. It's all about my co-host Ben and his um, amazing team. Um, well, some would say amazing. <laughs> I'm going to say amazingly funny. Um, but yeah, I'm good. Um, the sun looks good again. We can't go out, but we have health and we have um, family and memories. So yeah, we're good. We're good. Actually. Potsy, um, you done a quiz with your friends on Friday. You got smashed online it's all up there for people to see somewhere somebody's got to be showing it <laughs> how are you feeling today do you know what i'm good today man i'm good uh, what's happening boys it's uh it's got to a stage where getting drunk on your own has become the new the new best thing man do you know what i mean during this lockdown session but uh yeah i did i did a quiz i'm gonna do one most fridays and uh obviously done someone same old arsenal done two now arsenal related ones so if you haven't seen them go check them out and um, who knows? Don't, maybe we'll do one on guns and yellow ribbons. Nope. Don't do the first one. I lost. Oh <laughs> man, man, it's taking part that counts, Fergus. <laughs> but I'm good, man. Pleasure um, to be here. And the man at the moment, uh, Ben. Uh, you're either going to be great friends with us at the end of this, or uh, you're going to be <laughs> enemy number one. <laughs> how, you doing? how you doing, Fergus? How you doing, Dan and Ash? Thanks for thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so. Uh, I'll, I'll explain about this 11 uh, soon enough, but just uh, just thanks everyone for checking us out. And um, we got the uh, social media ads for myself and the podcast Beer Rap and Bant, Beer Rap and Banner, and then podcast Play On, which is which is what I do with Ash. And we had Dan on there recently. Uh, and last time I met Dan, I was absolutely hanging. So this is a this is a better experience now for me. I'm a <laughs> wide awake and a, of clear mind. And I was of clear mind when I chose this team as well, which uh, which will raise a few eyebrows. <laughs> Really? You were of clear mind when you chose this team. Right. Okay. I, I, I'll introduce the, the name and then you can explain the logic. Um, it's called a heartbreak. We've done one to 11s of where people have chosen their favorite, you know, Ian Wright, Dennis Burke, Thierry Henry up top, you know, uh, 
Wilson or Lehman or Seaman in goal, whatever whatever formation you want to do. Um, ben has come up with a heartbreak 11. Uh, I've seen the 11. Uh, all of us actually have seen the 11. And the WhatsApp group has just been like, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and what it, Explain, please. Yeah, so this was, I mean, I was, I was seeing everyone doing their greatest Premier League 11 and their all-time Arsenal 11 and yada, yada, yada. And I just wanted to be a bit different and thought, what, what could I do to make everyone sort of have a laugh and have a smile? And yeah, all right, revisit some dark times during some, some awful moments, but just, just to try something different. And um, rather than go with the norm of having your bird camps, your riots, your Mersons, your Rowcastles or whatever, um, just a hint at some of my players. But uh, this Heartbreak Eleven is, is is a team that sort of let me down personally or let us all down. Uh, mm. it's, as Ash said uh, the other week, that Heartbreak takes many forms. So there's a, there's a nod to a player there. And uh, one eye with this team that could actually maybe win something on paper. Uh, <laughs> but with the midfield as they are, just a slight change of the week could result in a in a career in. This team. This team could win something on paper. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, to, no, hold on. To be fair, there's some quality in there. There's some quality. There's some quality, there's some quality in there. There'll be many leaders some. in there. Some. But uh, I mean, well, that's what we can talk about. So it, the, the whole idea of the Heartbreak Eleven is just that. It's sort of just a joke, something like during these tough times, uh, obviously everyone's uh, dealing with a lot. Um, everyone on the front line, all the key work and whatnot. And, and I know there's a lot of Arsenal fans out there that need cheering up. So hopefully... Um, we can provide that today in today's episode. Well, you can cheer them up or make them depressed or whatever. And just <laughs> all I say to people is please step away from uh, large openings and high buildings and windows. Shop, shop we're going in and we're going in really, really quick. We're starting at the back. We're starting with the keeper. Ben, over to you. Right. So I've gone with Almunia. Um you know, he suffered from a heart condition, so who best to, to start the heartbreak 11? Um, we all know <laughs> his decision-making uh, at times has been sort of god-awful. Uh, and sort of the biggest heartbreak moments uh, for me, and I think you'll all agree, is sort of, um, well, the Barcelona game where he came on in the Champions League uh, for Lehman. He had, he had a good start, but the second goal that went through his legs... Mm. I feel at the near post could have been prevented, could have been stopped. It might not have guaranteed us pushing on to win the game, but that that was real heartbreak for us. Um, conceding like that, sort of lay, really lay on in the game and through your legs. Um, and also, most notably, uh, conceding the goal against uh, Birmingham with the title race with Kevin Phillips. Um, just chocolate wrist. This guy is just, just you know, just melt. And um, so that was another example. And Fergus, I know you mentioned about the West Brom game. Um, off when we were talking offline, where, where you walked out and quite a few people walked out, just rushing off the line. Game. Sorry, go on. Yeah, it's the only game I ever walked out. Of, it's the only game I ever walked out at the Emirates. I, wa I walked out of the Man City League Cup final because I was done with the whole banger and everything else. But that's different. But Almunia, honestly, four two. I walked out. I heard Perez. I think got the third goal and brought it back to a semi respectable four three. And I heard a way when we scored. Ammonia. Boys, <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> rushing off his line. And I know it was, I know he was meant to come in. He had a bit of rivalry with, with Lehman and it was sort of like he was meant to replace him. And then, and then Fabianski were back and forth. And there were times where 
Almunia would produce a great penalty save, great sort of great penalties at times, and 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 some shot stops, shot stopping uh, agility. But the the idea, the rush of blood to the head to come rushing off his line constantly mm. in no man's land, and he just didn't have it, didn't have the command, didn't didn't seem to dominate in the box, and um, he broke our hearts so many times. Um, I've also got other things where uh, the Danny Rose forty yard volley, yeah, Spurs. Now I. <laughs> I was on a date at the time with this girl when we, we'd, we'd gone out for a meal and then we'd wandered into a pub and lo and behold, the game's on TV. And I thought, oh, this is a nice end to the mat, you know, end to the date or whatever, have a few drinks, watch the Arsenal play Yids. Surrounded by Spurs fans, surrounded by Spurs fans. God knows what was in the city. And then he pops up with that, with that volley and Danny Rose pops up and Armenia once again, you know, heartbreak, heartbreak, heartbreak. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about my first choice. Um, so for me, Armunia, I also remember the, the Ronaldo goal from the that free was, kick. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, the thing with Armunia for me is like you said, he'll do well for 70 minutes in a game, but you knew something was coming, like, and I think he didn't breed any confidence for the back line. So even when the back line would perform well, they were always worried about him, then that consequently made them maybe have an error. It just was a horrible, horrible relationship. And yeah, he just gave us no foundation and no stability. Manuel Almunia. Man, he's the worst goalkeeper that Arsenal have had, without a doubt, in my opinion. Yeah, We've had some shockers, but this yeah, guy made man. so many mistakes. It is unreal. Yeah, you remember when Ibrahimovic lobbed him in Barcelona? That Ooh. was unreal. He comes rushing out. Remember when Nani lobbed him in Man United? I think we lost 3-1. He comes Ooh. rushing out to the left-hand side and Nani's like, cheers, bruv. Just stick, stick it over your head then. He made so many mistakes. The only one good thing about Maman Almunia was he could save a penalty. That was it. That was the only good thing about Almunia. He was our goalkeeper for far too long. What, five years pretty much? Yeah. And we would not have. He was the only weak link in 2008 that we had. That was the season I thought we should have won the league. You know, when Eduardo broke his leg? That season mm. for me was the one that we missed the opportunity and he was the weak link. We had a great side that season, I thought, mm. you know. But for me, Almunia, that's that is a heartbreak. That is a definite hundred percent man. That guy, I've got no time for him at all in goal. I, I know, could not stand I, the guy. I thought you'd appreciate that. He also got uh, lobbed by Bentley as well. Remember against Spurs? Oh, that <laughs> game was that the four four? That was the worst game. Yeah. It wasn't just that. There was Lennon. We tapped it out to Lennon. There was Janus. Like he just let them let them all go in. There was one against Birmingham ages ago as well, where the, uh, yeah, Kevin Phillips so- had scored. Yeah. So many, this guy. Is. So many. So many. Do you, do you know the, the purpose of these podcasts, especially in these really <laughs> difficult times? Not to bring somebody some some cheer, um, some you know respite from this lockdown. I'm looking at the window. I'm thinking, maybe. <laughs> Apologies. Apolog- what, we'll move away. Personal heartbreak. We'll move away from the people. I, th- I think I think you've done the keeper. I I tell you what, I'll try and let you redeem yourself. Can you do left back for me, please? So have I got a left back? I've got uh, Cashley Cole <laughs> um, <laughs> for a number of reasons, and sort of the personal the personal issues of uh, marrying Cheryl Cole and wearing that all white suit and looking like someone out of like a a nineties boy band. Um, just is. His decision to leave us for Chelsea and the whole tapped up uh, debacle that was with Mourinho meeting up with him, um, you know, all going behind closed doors and just just leaving us. Someone that we had, 
we had from a youth player did really well. I think his original position was a striker and he moved back to fullback. Um, he was part of so many great Arsenal teams and it just breaks your heart. Uh, there's quite a few players I've got here that jump ship and he, he's one of many uh, moved on to sort of greener pastures, pun intended, with the money. And he was also heartbreak sort of internationally as part of that great England team that never won anything. And then uh, we got turned inside out by Ronaldinho in the World Cup uh, when he laid off Rivaldo. So it's a, it's a, it's a mix of uh, being upset, uh, leaving us for Chelsea and then not doing as well for England. And then just the whole pop pop star, pop culture thing, which he should have never just been a part of. He should have just got his head down and, and carried on playing. He was the first one for me. And you, you, know when we had, like, you know, you know, when we had, we had people leave like, well, I won't say them because some of them are in your team, but when they've gone to their, to rivals, he was the first one, Ashley Cole, where it all started. And that was the biggest mistake we made because to not give him the five extra grand that he wanted or 10 extra grand a week that he wanted, that then just told everyone else that we're now weak and we sell our best players to rivals. And that was, for me, was the most frustrating thing. And that was the only player at the time that had left Arsenal and had gone and achieved anything. Because if you look at the last players that had left Arsenal, even like the Petties and Overmars uh, and Nelkers, the players that had left before Ashley Cole, they'd all left. And it really was like they had okay careers, but they were always remembered as being great for Arsenal. Ashley Cole, you look back at his career, he won everything at Chelsea. He would say, and he has said, I had a better career at Chelsea than Arsenal because I won everything at Chelsea. So that is a proper heartbreak. For me, when Patrick Vieira left, we had... Ashley Cole, who should have taken over the captaincy. He mm. was the next one. He was the one that should have been our captain and our leader. And he decided to go to some rival teams. So, yeah, Ben, 100% with you there, mate. Ash? Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing. I think we we, we lost a great left back. Um, we lost someone who grew up through our ranks, but I think we lost a potential captain. Um, he was actually in my, my best team because I still think as a player, he's exceptional, but yeah, yeah. The, the way the way he left was um, it was horrible, and then one, what he went on to kind of achieve at Chelsea, it it was really sour. And the player who we got back as a result of that deal, um, sorry, I'm, yeah. it's I'm not mobile say too much. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would not say anything else. Just shit. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can realise we're going to face a bit of a pattern in this episode. Mm. I'm getting <laughs> and your listeners and, and your. <laughs> checking you out and thinking who's this Wally that you brought on but the whole idea is sort of personal heartbreaks and also damaging the club like like you said Dan Mm. selling to a rival and that was a real statement of like where where are we as a club you know shouldn't be shouldn't Mm. be doing no matter how much you wanted or you should just give him what he wants and just crack Mm. on and and an issue over the years with our club was that the was that the end of the David Dean era yeah I was getting towards yeah so I think Dean left the year after Dean left 2007, so it was getting towards the end of that. Okay. Ben, do you want to do? Um, or do you want to go right back? Right. Yeah. Now this is the player that um, I was stra- scratching my head for a while, and I messaged Ash, and um, and he, he he helped me throw this one in, and he was he said um, heartbreak takes. Oh, many... you get to play with it, Ash. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, this is. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I've gone with uh, Ebue. Um So the heartbreak of sort of being being booed by 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 our fans uh giving him abuse and he was in tears he was visibly upset someone mm. sort of wore his heart on his sleeve and always seemed so happy and just happy to be there and gave his all uh to have that uh experience as a as a, as a player i mean i mean jacka had it recently and he dealt with it a completely different way um good or bad depending on your views 
but to see a buoy like that being distraught, visibly distraught, um, definitely tugged on your tugged on your heartstrings. And then sort of when he left us, it sort of went further downhill. Mm. Um, I know he went to Turkey and he faced a lot of uh, racial abuse there, uh, which we don't condone. And also he had a, uh, he faced a one-year ban uh, for refusal to pay a one million debt to his uh, former agent. Um, so then he was out of football for a while. And then to top it all off, he got charged with that arson um, of his house. He lost his wife, his kids and everything, I believe. And it's just gone sort of further downhill, further down, further down. And where he was once there for a lot of players, I, I think he felt that he wasn't being reciprocated and supported mm. by uh, ex-players or pe- people at the club. So this one is a more emotional uh, part of the Heartbreak 11. Um, didn't really do anything mm. too bad. I mean, he did make his odd mistake, obviously, and have a few howlers. But at the same time, someone who uh, seems so jovial playing for us, just to go through that, you wouldn't wish that on anyone. Well, Ben, he was the life and soul of the dressing room as well. So, like, you know, he used to party and, and not party, would joke and, 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 and keep the spirits up in the dressing room as well. And, you know, he, he had his own song. You only come to see a boo, eh? It's even mm. sung jokingly in the pubs on the away games uh, nowadays. You know, you've only come to see Abue. Uh, I like the lad. He wasn't a fantastic footballer, but I, I, I did like the lad. Lads, anything to add on Abue before we go into the two centre-halves? Yeah, just, just, just really quickly, tough. sorry. <laughs> um, I, again, when we spoke about this with Ben, I just think I remember the booing of a player. And I, we've as a, as a club, we don't really boo our own players. We've, that's never something that we've ever really done before. So he kind of was one of the first people that I remember it happening to. And like you said, he's just, yeah, he's, well, yeah, it came, it became something that we definitely do. Um, but I just think he was just such a, like, this aimless kind of guy who I felt just, you always felt so sorry for him. He was a decent player. I remember in our run to the Champions League final, he starred, like, he was our right back and he did really, really well. So for him to be the star of our Champions League kind of um, campaign at right back through to what he ended up as being, there was, there was a huge amount of heartbreak there for me personally. I think as well with Abue, yeah. one thing that, yeah, listen, he was a good right back for Arsenal. We brought in Bakary Sanya, who for me was the most consistent we've had at the Emirates era, probably. And I think that that kind of moved him out of that position. Wenger, for some reason, saw him as a right midfielder, but I don't ever believe that he really was. You think of some of the great assists that he actually did for Arsenal, for some of the great goals at Highbury, he made the assist for Dennis Burkamp's. Say again. What's happening? Nothing. Carry on. Oh, okay. Nothing. I can hear Carry loads on. of background music. Let's stop now. Uh, yeah, if you my think... wife. Oh, is it? Okay, no worries. Uh, if you think about the Dennis Burkamp goal at Highbury, his last game, that was uh, Ibue winning that tackle, which was a great tackle, to be fair, just to flick it through to Burkamp, who scored. Uh, and then, of course, the Thierry Henry goal against Man United at Emirates. That was the cross that come from him for the header in the last minute of the game. So, And that's still, look, the, the for me, the best atmosphere of a goal I've seen probably at the Emirates just to first hear the roar of a new stadium that was so new to us at the time. So there's some been some great moments for Abue and he was he a fan's favourite. Did he set up the Van Persie volley as well? He did against Charlton. Charlton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you think of him as a as a kind of as a right back. He has actually had some really important assists and was a great player and actually was a fan's favourite. So I know it's a heartbreak, but it's actually a heartbreak for more of a personal or emotional reason in mm. terms of human nature because I think mm. the fans actually did love Abue and they used to love singing his song. 
So, um, yeah, shame that what had happened to him. I think he sorted his life out a bit now. But, yeah, he went through some real dark times. But um, a player that people probably would forget about, actually, what not one that we mention much about anymore. That's what I was hoping. Ben, ben let's, let's look at your uh, two centre-backs. Right. So, uh, who do you want to go with first, sort of? Yeah, I'll leave it. I'll leave it up to you. <laughs> I'll save the best till till I last. Think... So we've got uh, Koscielny, part of the Heartbreak Eleven. Uh, sort of, he he did so much for the club. He was, you know, uh, a great captain at times. Um, but I just felt leaving Arsenal after they stuck with him uh, for all those years, and then not wanting to go on the tour uh, in the summer, sort of left a bit of a bit of a sour taste in the mouth. Um, but my biggest issues was. So, just constantly just getting embarrassed and just chiefed up by stronger centre forwards who just toss him to the side. Um, there's that meme going past where people, you know, the, I don't know who's running past him, but ruffles his head and just walk, runs off into the crowd. Um, and it's just just a very weak, weak player at times, uh, bouncing off Hazard and other players like that. Drogba always dominated. Uh, and he was part of the 8-2 thumping by United in 2011, which added a lot of heartbreak for us all. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what you guys think about he that. Also, the big one, he also, the big one. Uh, he also was in that League Cup final against Birmingham, where he was calamitous with your keeper that you've chosen, Almunia. So you know, <laughs> uh, for, for me, the, you know, the, the writing was on the wall from back in 2010, and he ended up staying like nine, ten more years, and a hundred percent agree the way he left the club where he could have stayed probably to the end of the season, had a testimonial and left and just said, thanks mm. very much, Arsenal. I've enjoyed my time. And then he does this stupid shirt-changing crap. Oh, and, was, yeah. and I'm sure he had something to offer uh, behind the scenes or helping the young players, mm. just that um, mentor role. Um, he was an international. And, you know, your heart went out to him when he couldn't go to the World Cup. But then just to, just what's happened was just not not the best... Yeah, when you expect a bit more from Arsenal players when they when the club sticks with you for over the years. Yeah, agreed. I don't think he was so ever a captain, got then? to be fair. I don't think he was ever a captain, Lauren Koscielny. I think it's a little bit harsh. I think the way he left was the, probably what the reason I can accept you doing it. I think Koscielny played alongside some horrendously bad defenders, which made him look absolutely dreadful. I know when he came, he had Vermaelen well, and Marisaka was probably the best, but look at Skilacci that he had to play next to and Giroud. And no, send the rocks. Dan, I, 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 I argue the point on this, Dan, that I think even the most horrendous defenders alongside uh, Kolshelny uh, uh, were made worse. When he played as slow as Permetisaka uh, per was, Permetisaka had a brain similar to Tony Adams. He could read a game and everything else. And he was one of the only few that helped uh, Kolshelny out to be a half decent but he has been back average for 10 years with us. I quite I didn't mind him. I didn't think he was so bad, Koscielny. I thought he was okay. I thought he was an, he was the one that I thought was okay. The others, I can list them all off. They were horrendous. Most of them begin with a bloody S. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Best of the bad bunch, you could argue. Um, I mean, he was decent, obviously, but with other centre-back pairings, it was the cut to ribbons. Uh, yeah. And that's why he's part of the, uh, the heartbreak 11. Um, just through, yeah, just through links like that. So, yeah. And the way he left, man, the way he left was disgusting, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that leads me on to my second centre-back of... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get selected for this. 
this. So this was just uh, so I got Gallas in there. Um, when he came over, you thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. He's come from Chelsea. What's he going to provide? But just the sulking and the lack of leadership um, that he provided when we needed him or needed a, a leader at the back just wasn't there. Uh, you remember throwing a strop against Birmingham, I believe, in that tour game. Kicking off with Gilberto Silva in the changing room or he's kicking off with players in the changing room. Not good chemistry with everyone. Um, we just went on, you know, we didn't win any of the next games leading on to that draw. And he just, he just bottled it. He just, which is probably why when he joined Spurs as well, which helps, you know, because he, you know, mm. he had mentality. Um, so heartbreak from a point of view of playing in that Birmingham game where we needed a result. And then just the way he just took himself off instead of getting all the players round and showing some sort of leadership and, you know, uh, being united with everyone. He just, he just didn't, didn't offer it. So felt let down. You're, um, I, I, I'd rather not go into too much conversation about Gallus because I don't think he even deserves to be in a heartbreak, uh, 11, uh, the snake. Um, you have a few, but we'll get to them. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you went for a formation of, uh, four, two, three, one. Let's let's move up into your defensive midfielder areas. Now, I think looking at these two, um, <laughs> People will understand. You will understand the word heartbreak with these two. So I'll leave you choose and go from there. Yeah. So hopefully you guys can can build on it as well. So we've got Diaby. Um, you know, but anyone anyone who kicks John Terry in the face and uh, wipes him out should be in any <laughs> good and bad uh, potential un, un, unmatched. This guy was you know a mix of Vieira and Torre do it all great first touch created space i think you know the game away from liverpool mm. uh just this shone and it's just what we needed in the midfield he just had it all and heartbreak obviously injury after injury um there was that tackle i watched it again last night just to recap but the dan smith tackle uh, disgusting oh, That's disgusting and it was just like you know three nil up game was played out no need for it I mean, you know, Diaby went for the ball naturally and the guy went over him and just, just, just ended it. And it is just, just shocking to see. So, so much potential there. Um, and then obviously what happened really... And, and are you aware of what Dan Smith went on to do after his Sunderland career came to um, a, a pretty damp squib of a halt? Do you know what he ended up doing? No, what did he do? Physio? Did he work in a supermarket or something? No. He worked in a call centre for EDF mm. in Sunderland. Oh, wow. So oh, hence that's the prop. what Dan Smith... It's his confidence. The Diaby yeah. thing was just... Yeah, I remember seeing him. And I remember watching that game. And what was really frustrating about it was that they kept on trying to put like a tackle on someone. And it wasn't just him. There was a number of them that were flying into tackles. They were beaten already. It's like they wanted to prove a point. And actually, it was such an unnecessary tackle. And then it's just essentially curtailed a career for a really promising football player. And I just think it was really heartbreaking that that was even allowed to happen. And I think the game was, at that point, was saying, oh, yeah, you know, blood and thunder and all those kinds of things. No, protect players. Because now we've missed out on the talent. And it's not just us, but the, the entire league has. Well, the entire world, yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm. Um, 
that was like a tackle you see at, at Hackney Marshes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that was that was totally uncalled for, and just and 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 they surrounded uh, Smith after he'd done it. You know, they weren't. Fabregas was 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 really irate. Um, and it's just this it's a sad to see someone such potential uh, that happened to them. I think with him as well, he was the kind of next Vieira, wasn't he? That figure that we wanted in the midfield that we still haven't replaced. And I think that the game you mentioned against Liverpool, where I've never seen a midfielder control a game so easily against great opposition. And I remember there was a great Diaby goal too, actually one at home against Emirates, um, against Derby, where he just smashed it in the mm. top corner from outside the box. That was class. But the, the other one, which I think gets overlooked really and is underrated, is the one against Aston Villa away. It was a season when Martin O'Neill was really flying with Aston Villa. They had Ashley Young, James Milner, Stuart Downing, Gareth Barry, all these sort of players that looked like they could be competing for top four. And I think they had Darren Bent and Ag Bodlehor. And it was a season where I remember thinking they could do something this season. They're looking decent. And then obviously we'd gone there and Diaby's goal there, it was, it was, a, it was a, real, a real kind of uh, one that sticks in my memory. So Diaby could have had an unbelievable career. Whether it would have been at Arsenal or not, I don't know. But it's too just injury prone like I think he had about eight seasons in a row where he just had could not yeah. keep fit it's just such a shame the key thing with him is in transition he was so good so he could take the ball from the edge of his box up to the edge of the other box like just in a couple of steps one of my favourite moments of Van, of um, Diaby was away to Everton he played a ball over the top that Van Persie volleyed in a 1-1 draw and the ball was just outrageous. If 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 someone else done it, you'd be hearing about that ball today. It was just such a, a stunning ball over the top, a wonderful volley, and yeah, one it's probably one of my favorite, one of my favorite. Just just technically, I, I think what the saddest thing. Sorry, Fergus. Yeah, I, I was going to say I think what the saddest thing, the, the saddest thing about Diaby was he did look uh, the closest thing that we could have had to Vieira, the thing that we still haven't replaced to this day. Um, and for a player, a young player with such talent and Wenger, but so, so much faith in him to continue to pay him 55 grand a week for several week, uh, several years. And then even put him on a pay-as-you-play contract uh, at one point towards the end to, to just hope that one day he could come good. And sadly, he didn't. So, you know, it's a, it's, it really is a shame. Really is a shame. Do you want to finish up on him and then go on to your next one? Uh, just the fan sort of his technical ability like Ash said his ability to bring it out from the fence and carry it on but just the close touch for someone so big and so gangly um, and he could just, just manoeuvre around one or two players surrounding him just create space and all the best players as we know they just seem to have so much time on the ball and can create space just out of nothing and, and he definitely had that and could start the transitions in attack and, and start it off um, yeah so, no, no, he's part of my heartbreak 11. Um, he had some fire. I found a video, funny enough, of him kicking off with Ben Arthur as a French uh, youth player as well. There's one of him, like, as a 14-year-old kid or trying to kick off with Ben Arthur that made me laugh. But that, that's check that out on YouTube somewhere. So he uh, he's another sort of sentimental heartbreak 11, just just of what could have been, classic what could have been. And then that will uh, inevitably lead on to my other midfielder, Ian Wilshire, Jack Wilshire, Mr. Glass, Mr. Arsenal, um, <laughs> the man Xavi called, you know, the future of English football. Um, the one Englishman who didn't play like an Englishman. Um, he was just sort of unreal. And again, so much potential. Did so well for us uh, at times. And then when he was called up to England, um, did well in sort of a higher up role, pushing on. So just another case of what could have been. Um, he knew the club. 
he knew the history he loved to banter you know his classic uh, video of him giving it to the Spurs fans um so yeah just just another one to the list of of what could have been and I know he's sort of trying to get his career back together he went to uh Bolton and Bournemouth and then uh West Ham but you know just just Bournemouth was his best run. He ended up playing 31 games in that season. And, you know, he then got injured again before he came back to us. Uh, I know there's talk of his off-field activity, including smoking and nightclubs and other stuff and so on that we won't go into. And I, I think that probably held him back. But you know what? Even at the end of his contract, I wanted us to give him another contract. I wanted him to be our captain. I wanted Jack Wilshire to stay with Arsenal forever, and I knew he would never come good. But I just wanted him to stay. Yeah, he was a fan's favourite. I mean, even at Bournemouth, it was he. He went there, and and you thought they were the right club for him. Um, the way Howe played the football for the team, and it'd be great. But even at times, I think he struggled to get into the team, uh, and it didn't really push on. Mm for whatever reasons, he didn't really set the team alight. Um, and I just found at times, I mean, he had the, he had the injury uh, injury list, but at times he'd overplay the ball and he'd lunge and he'd lunge in, thus causing an injury or thus causing an issue. Um, great runner with the ball, someone who I really like, if I'm playing football, try and run with the ball like him, his chest out and he's looking around, head up and he could pick a pass. Um, i never forget that Arshavin pass he, he played in Europe where he just ran past everyone and just Backhilled it onto Ashvin and just just such creativity. Um, but sad, sad, sad story. The first the first time I saw Jack Wilshire play, uh, it was in Highbury. I was in I was in the uh, West End Upper. Uh, it was a League Cup third or fourth round, and we were playing Newcastle. And I was with my brother. You've met Dermot, um, Dan. I was with my brother Dermot and Rory, and uh, we were we were watching this game. My brother Dermot looked at Jack Wilshire and went, "Wow." That's a future England captain. And that was him at, at about 16 years of age. And if only he could have filled his, his potential. And with those last two players you talked about, that's where Heartbreak 11 comes in. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I would agree 100% with both of those for heartbreak and 100% just for the pure fact that we never saw their their potential. And I think with Jack Wilshere, the best individual performance was obviously against Barcelona and the Emirates. I think that that would never be beaten. I think he was only 18 or 19 years old. And that for me was how you control a game. And he was controlling a game in with Messi, Busquets, Xavi and Iniesta. And that was when I remember standing next to my dad thinking, OK, we've got someone here now. We've got someone that can have the mentality and the ability here together. We had someone that the fans loved that was definitely a future captain of Arsenal, but unfortunately just didn't really get the credit. And let's not forget that he scored the uh, best goal at the Emirates against Norwich, which flicked around everyone. He was there to finish it off. So, yeah, Jack Wilshere is a and must that, for this, mate. And and that goal that goal challenges, I don't think it beats, but it challenges a couple of Burkamp's uh, Newcastle and Leicester goals. You know, it's it's up there with 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 them. Ash, where do you think it went wrong for 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 Jack? Um, <clears throat> fit, fitness. I think a lot of it was that. Um, he used to do this thing where he kind of leave his leg in to challenge, yeah. which which made him really vulnerable, especially for, like opening up the ankle. And I and I, I'm not a professional football player, but I've had a couple of ankle taps, and they take a long time to recover from. So if you're constantly doing that, it's really difficult. And there's a few times where maybe he was a bit too brave, whereas some of the other players will maybe ride a challenge. He's still thinking, I can go full like full like full pelt into this. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first saw him playing on the right wing, kind of cutting in the bandy legs, 
like like Ben was saying, heads always up, looking left, looking right, always looking to try and create something. He was a real special talent. And I think he was put down as like a wonder kid at one point. So for what's so for him to be kind of struggling to get into the West Ham team now, it says a lot. And he's only what twenty seven? Twenty eight, yeah. Twenty eight, yeah, like he's still he's st- he still could be in the peak of his career. So yeah, it is it's a massive it's a massive shame. It's a massive shame. He had a, I think a he, lot of sorry, go. No, just a lot of Arsenal fans were so invested in him as well. Like he was our, he was us. He was one of ours. He was meant to lead us again. And it feels like not that we've been shortchanged, but due to a number of circumstances, that potential was never really realized. Mm. He had a he had a mm. big fight. He had a you know a lot of fight to him, and he'd always be the first to square up, he'd always be the first to go flying in and back a back a teammate. And I think maybe sometimes that put an X over his head so players were aware of him and they'd leave their foot in a bit because he gave it. Mm. And then that obviously contributed to yeah. the issues. But um, yeah, that's those I two. Think, I think the closest, the closest we've got to him now in the in the current squad is probably um, a player I don't actually rate very highly, um, uh, but does have some of the qualities uh, of uh, Wilshire, which is uh, Matthew uh, uh, Gwenduzi, uh, in the sense of he's up for a tear up. He's always uh, willing to get stuck in the way he can carry the ball a little bit. Uh, I love that him, sort man. of thing, but yeah. I love him. Can win a free kick, you know, which, which is a which is an art needed in, in in European football and internationally. He can win a free kick anywhere. <clears throat> I'll always love him for yeah. the Wilfred Zaha body slam, man. I'll never forget him for that absolute legend, man. Just swipe him out, and he did. That's what, what that's what you, you know what, what that's what our back four should have done to Ryan Giggs at Villa Park in '99. That's exactly what they should have done. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, you, do, you, do you see that um, that um, uh, picture where you see Jack Wiltshire and he's like this, chest up against it? Who is this? The West Brom player. Ah, uh, uh, Forlan? No, it's not Forlan, is it? Um, West Brom player, he's about 7 foot 25. Oh, and then you got 4 foot 2 Jack. Who, who is it? No, I don't know. I don't know. But Wilshire was always that kid in the playground that we had. Or, you know, if you played Sunday League, the smallest one, had like a Napoleon complex. Yeah. But the little guy yeah. giving, the, giving it you to You've got to call him Scrappy-Doo. That's what he's like. <laughs> <laughs> let me at him. Let me at right. him. <laughs> <laughs> right. So moving up, moving up towards your forward line, who have you got in the middle of that forward? Well, the idea was there is some fluidity between these three bastards. Uh, <laughs> so you, you can take your pick, but you probably go with G- uh, Giroud uh, to hold up, hold up play, link up. No, 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 no. a bit further back. Where? Just on oh, front, on mid- front of Wilshire. Mr. Midfielder, mate. Mr. Midfielder. Mr. Midfielder. I've got my own team now. Who have I got? Yeah. Cesc Fabregas. Ah, sorry, beg your pardon. Cesc Fabregas. There we go. Uh, yeah, so I've got Fabregas just because, again, someone that we brought up through, uh, we got off Barcelona at a young age and then put so much time and effort into us, did so well. I remember the game, uh, was it against Juve in the Champions League? Uh, yeah, against Vieira. Boston. Yeah, did so well. And then Barcelona were constantly trying to tap him up, constantly trying to get him, constantly trying to get him. Uh, we were saying he weren't available. They ignored it. And Barcelona just showing they had no regard for the rules. Got him. Uh, you know, if you love someone, let them freeze. So he went back to went back to Barcelona. But then moving on to Chelsea, Mourinho getting him and just winning so much. 
Um, you could argue he could be in your all-time 11, all-time Prem 11. He's one of the best, you know, leading assists uh, makers in, in the Prem. Uh, so it's just a bit upsetting and, again, left a sour taste that someone that we had and we held so close to us that we've seen as a boy, then into a young man, leave on to sort of arguably bigger and better things, which, again, upsets me. Did, did you listen to his, um, his interview he'd done with Andrew Mangan from Arsbros? Arse plug. Yeah, <laughs> I'm due to listen to that because I know he calls out a few players without naming names about lacking fight, but I need to give that a listen. Really, it'll really interesting. It. It'll frustrate you, though. Yeah. As much as this team is probably frustrating everyone. Else. <laughs> <laughs> again, so again, the, the question I asked Ash and Dan: um, Would you have had Sesk back? Yeah, hundred percent. Ash, you go for it. Hundred percent. Like for me, part of the, the big part of the heartbreak is that we never brought him back when we really needed to. Um, if you look at what we had in the midfield. We had all these people who we thought were going to be like, oh, these, these great players, and we, we put a lot of investment in them, and they didn't really come to fruition. So I would definitely have had him back. Um, I think if we had him back as well, some of the signings such as like Xhaka, don't, don't, like, they don't happen. Um, and I just think he, a big reason why we should have brought him back is because he still loved the club. With him going to Barcelona wasn't ever an issue for me because I feel like you grew up there. I, un I completely understood that. The fact that he didn't kind of come back and then did so well, that's kind of where the heartbreak really kind of kicks in for me. I Dan, agree. You, you, listened to, you listened to the interview and you're agreeing there with, with what Ash said, but you also know the reasons why and what players we had in place of Fabregas, why we didn't need Seth Fabregas. We had Ozil and who else did we have that we didn't need Seth Fabregas back for? See, this is why I hate, you know, we had Flamini and Arteta, we had Ramsey and Wilshire nursing injuries, and we had Mesut Ozil, who's nothing like Cesc Fabregas. Mm. Not even similar, yeah? Not in the same bracket of quality, in my opinion. Yeah, that guy does the bare minimum. Cesc Fabregas was the heart and passion of Arsenal Football Club, and he would have been when he would have come back. For Arsene Wenger to sit there and say that he doesn't want him, that, for me, was one of the biggest mistakes that that guy's made, and he's made a lot. But for me, when Cesc Fabregas went to Chelsea, that was the most heart heartbreaking thing. I was gutted when he left Arsenal, yeah? But I could accept it because he wanted to go home. He wanted to go back to Barcelona. So when Ash says it was hard because we didn't bring him back, I totally agree with that. And one thing else I'll say about Cesc Fabregas, because I don't think it does get uh, seen as much now because he's gone to Chelsea and every dumbass Arsenal fan seems to hate the guy. I think for me, that interview that he did on Ars blog summed up the problem with Arsenal Football Club in the last 10 to 15 years, lack of mentality, lack of leaders, lack of ambition. This is why these players have left. So you get dumb mm. Arsenal fans who hate art, these players, they're all gone and want mm. stuff. They're laughing at us, yeah? Saying, okay, you can hate me if you want. I don't actually have any loyalty to Arsenal, but I've now got a Premier League medal around my neck and a Champions League. So players like Ashley Cole, Nasri, Van Persie, Alexis Sanchez, Fabregas, Oxlade Chamberlain, you might hate them all, yeah? But look at who's laughing. They're the ones that have won stuff. And Fabregas has said the reason that I did not want or did not see the ambition was because me, Van Persie and Nasri were really upset when we lost to Man City and everyone else went out and got pissed and went and had dinner. And we were crying in our apartments because we'd lost. And I just thought, I'm done. I don't share the same see ambition. See yeah, you later. All, and all three of them see went. So who really should we be blaming? Them three or the rest <laughs> of the club? I'll leave that there. Mm. Ben, 
Moving to your forward line, you mentioned him already. Uh, he went to Chelsea um, under slightly different circumstances, but I'll leave you start with that because you've already mentioned him. That's the only reason why I'm, I'm, I'm pointing in that direction. I jumped the line and got caught, caught in the offside trap there, so forgive me on that one. It's, uh, it's through this. And, um, so, yeah, no, just going back to sort of the Fabregas and now Giroud, uh, obviously players need to move on. You don't need to be, you know, there's no loyalty and there shouldn't be. You're, you're paid to do a job and if these things happen. Um, Giroud, more heartbreak was those countless missed opportunities against Monaco mm. uh, in the Champions League and just chance after chance after chance. Um, for all the uh, goals, some great goals he scored, arguably goals of the, you know, goal, greatest goals of all time, or he's been in contention with some of the touches with the, the Wilshire goal. Just missing so many chances. Um, never scored more than 16 goals, uh, league goals in a season. Um, which then obviously contributed to us sort of pushing on. And then signing, <coughs> I wasn't upset that they signed for Chelsea, but to score against us in the Europa League final and then sort of to say, thanks, Arsenal, thank you so much for posing with the trophy was a bit was a bit of a shit one. Um, so just heartbreak from different different points of view there. So for me, with Giroud... There was the score. Yeah, no, there, I like, was like... Some great goals in the close cut club close control and he had so so many other things but miss after miss and just other opportunities and just think ah yeah, yeah, the, yeah, big yeah. Thing for, the big thing for me with Giroud is he came in the season when actually we had a couple of decent players so like Kazula was there um and it was a season after we sold Van Persie and for me Van Persie has gone to United and essentially won them the league if we had if we had had Van Persie considering maybe the setup that we had we would have challenged a lot more so I've always kind of put him against the striker who was in, in front of him. And like Ben said, there's just so many times where we used to look to him to be like, fine, he'll he'll score the third goal in a 3-0 win. Great. But when we need a when we need an equalizer, when we need the opener in a big game, was always found wanting. Always. So yeah, I think there was definitely heartbreak in the sense of we could have won a lot more for him. Having said that though, he did set up round his goal in the 2017 Cup final. Um so he has turned up in a couple of games. I just think in, in the league, the 16 goals, he was never good enough to lead the line. Never good enough for like a title-winning team. This is a tricky one for me because I quite liked him and I thought he was quite underrated. I think he was probably the best at hold-up play and flick-ons in the league. I think there are some important goals that we've we've let go. I think the uh, couple against Man City scored. I think there was a 2-0 away where Cazorla absolutely bossed it. He, he was up to step up with some some good headers. He was great at coming into the near post and flicking on to score goals. He scored a great goal at Anfield 3-2 where he flicked it around Skirtle and into the bottom corner. He obviously set up the the uh, Ramsey goal. Um, he scored the 4-3 at home against Leicester to win it. With They just went over the line with the header. So I think he's been there with some goals that we've maybe let slip. Maybe they, they weren't the goals that you, you think of and think, wow, these have been uh, one of titles or trophies. But I still don't mind Giroud as a player. I don't think that he was ever a 30-goal-a-season striker. And I wrote an article about this a couple of days ago about why we let, why we did not play 4-4-2 with Olivier Giroud. I think that was a mistake. I think that playing Theo Walcott or Lucas Podolski alongside him, I think, would have given us a lot more strike force. I think that would have been a lot better. We started to play it when we brought Lacazette. We brought Lacazette in and I think Giroud and uh, Lacazette kind of come on for 20 minutes together, but Giroud was already going to be out the door when Aubameyang came in. So I can totally understand why he left as well because Aubameyang wouldn't have been there otherwise because obviously it was the domino effect. 
But uh, this is a tricky one for me. I think maybe so far Giroud and Koscielny are the only two that I, I can sit and say that I, I, I felt had fairly good careers at Arsenal. And Giroud, obviously, 100 goals for Arsenal. So, And Dan, more importantly, he turned down the opportunity to go down the lane, didn't he? He'd rather stay at yeah. Chelsea. <laughs> so, so with Giroud, I'm thinking he's probably humming a song at the moment about his... Uh, his counterpart in the forward line. Joker's the left of me. Uh, you know, what's the, how does it go? Joker's the left of me. Ah, oh, I'm shit with these words. I told Clans, you, I don't do Clans music very well. Clans Clans to the left of me. Clans to the left of me. Joker's the right. Stuck in the middle. You can choose Jokers or Clowns. Which are you going for first? Oh, uh, Surrounded by both of them on, on this team here, so we're going to we'll move on with uh, Van Persie and then and then save save the other lad. Um, and I was just conscious again of sort of the concept of of, of the snake or someone moving on. So just this again mm. reiterate it's just sort of personal heartbreak or feeling let down in, mm. in games. Um, Giroud did do well, obviously uh, because of the amount of time he was there. Uh, so we're going to go with uh, Van Persie. Uh, breaking arts when he signed to Man United. And I know in 2012, I know he said, what did he make the comparison? It was like um, when you're in a marriage or, you know, you, your wife or your husband gets bored of you and ask, you know, that was the situation with Arsenal and um, you couldn't see it developing any further. Moves to Man United, scores on his uh, game against us. Um, as a goal disallowed, a uh, few disallowed goals, I think he was involved with that were disallowed against us. And then, 30-odd goals, wins in the league. I agree with Ash that if he'd have stayed, we could have potentially pushed on a bit, a bit more competitive with where we finished. I think we were fourth or so when they won the league then or fourth or fifth. Mm. But yeah, just, I mean, he gave so much. He scored some blinders. I really loved him as a player. His movement off the yeah. ball, that left foot was just laser. Um, great player. But yeah, it makes the 11. Um, Van Persie for me... Um, mm. Uh, Van Presley, for me, I was at uh, the DW Stadium when the song uh, He Scores When He Wants, Robin Van Persie, He Scores When He Wants, uh, came about. It was one of my very first, well, it was my very first solo away game that I had been to. I had gotten in touch through the wonders of Facebook and social networking and Twitter and everything else. I'd uh, got in touch with a, an Arsenal away ticket sort of group. And uh, befriended somebody who said, yeah, I can get you a ticket. Uh, I said, oh, I can get us a couple. And my mate let me down. So I ended up just having one ticket. And it was December kickoff. I drove all the way to Wigan in the car on my own. Um, I went outside JD Sports, I think it was, uh, and waited for to meet a guy called Mike. Didn't know him from loving the money. Handed over my 25 quid, got my ticket, stood in the away end, and he scored a hat-trick, and he was sublime. The goals against um, Charlton, sublime. Absolutely. When he was on form, he was fantastic. I think the issue with the snake and the heartbreak and everything else is uh, the little boy inside him uh, stayed very little for seven years while he was on the injury bench. He had one good year and then pissed off to Man United, which are my brother's teams, which made it even, even harder for me personally. I think I think that's unfair. I think he had a lot more than one good year. I think he had one year where he was fully fit for the whole season, but there's numerous periods where he, for two months, he scored or assisted all of our goals. Um, that happened in 2011. 
Um, like he was one of the few players who actually played very, very well with um, the, the Invincible lot in 2007. Like he, he started the season very, very well, came back towards the end and was still scoring when other people weren't scoring. For me, I'm a massive Van Persie fan. When I was on my 1-11, he was the big decision between me and Corey, the other guest he was on. Um, but I think when he went to Man United, to see, to see how he galvanised that team to be able to topple Man City, and then I looked at the striker that we had, that to me was the biggest amount of heartbreak. And I, it still hurts now that he went to United. Like, I hate United. I really do. He's gone to United and he's essentially won them in the league. And now everyone sees that he's probably the best player in the league when actually he was the best player in the league when he was with us. And I just, even the yeah. claim annoyed me. So, yeah, what a player, man. What an outstanding football player. Dan, Dan anything to add on, yeah. on, on the snake? Sorry, Van Persie. <laughs> to be fair, I'm a little bit with both of you. I think that I'm more with Ferg. I think that it was frustrating that he had that one season and then went and did exactly the same. Didn't get injured there. There was a part of me thinking, go on, just go to United and get injured like you have done for us for eight years. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But when there's there was kind of a time, like Ash says, you know, and I agree with him, that he was the best player on the pitch when he was fit and he was our best player. Um, he had most technical ability, um, in my opinion. I thought he was technically better than our Sharvin, Nasri, Fabregas at the time. Mm. So I was gutted when he went to Man United. Um, the only thing I will say about Van Persie is that we always had to have the extra striker with him just for the pure fact that he was always injured. So we had to have Eduardo or Adibayor with him. We had to have... Um, the kind of uh, play that that would uh, pr- pr- kind of score the goals that he wasn't scoring when he was injured, and that was what was frustrating for me was the amount of injuries he got. Um, that season that he had with us for the last season, the thirty goals that got us top four because that that was a poor poor team. We mm. had the Javinios and Bentners and Shamaks and uh, like absolute nightmares at the back, like Skilachis and all these, and we got top four because of Van Persie. So yeah. Heartbreak, definite heartbreak, man. One hundred percent. The season when um, we beat Norwich to pip Tottenham to fourth yeah. and there, Tottenham ended up fifth. That was yeah. Car oh, got in such a fight in the pub. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I nearly closed down a pub in in, in Loughton that that day. Um, uh, I don't know what came about, uh, over me. Probably. 10 pints of lager, but um, you was uh, at the game in me, right? Was you not at the game in me? No, 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 because we played Norwich away, uh, for that one, and, and uh, it was all on Can't TV. Remember. Remember I'm sure that. it was all on. T- I, was, I was in a pub in Loughton. Uh, don't worry, don't worry, but I ended up chucking my beer up, and it was full of Tottenham fans, and it didn't go well, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm here though. Yeah, just just how he left, you know, and it just left a bit 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 of sweet and um, technically amazing, and was always there. Was you know so part part of the heartbreak eleven, Uh, and then moving on, someone who you know didn't sort of leave on the best of terms, and then uh, the famous goal against us and then running the length of the pitch. We got Adebayor, so you know he wanted a big move, uh, had his wages doubled the following season. and then he was sold to Man City, and then just it was just shocking just what he just sort of his attitude to everything, and you know he, he did score some great goals and was you know was a decent. I'm just disappointed with the, the rebels in Angola. Their 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 um their their accuracy of their rifles is just absolutely <laughs> shocking. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we don't condone civil unrest in in countries. No comment. That was wild. <laughs> what could have been with Van Persie if they stuck together and um yeah, just part of the heartbreak eleven and joining Spurs then after another, you know, just what was he doing? So look at his face. He's not impressed. Our offline chat, man. <laughs> nah, to be fair, the thing with Adebayo, the, the, the thing with Adebayo for me is like really good footballer. He, he like, but then there was always something like a mm, little bit fluky about him. Like I was never sold on him the way I was with some of the other footballers. Like he would do some really great things, and he'd do some stuff where it feels like he could even control the ball. But when he was on it, he was on it. Um, but yeah, the way he left. That, that long celebration. But however, what some of the Arsenal fans are saying to him and stuff like that, as a human, and we always talk about this on our podcast, that being a human first and a footballer second, that's that's going to affect you. Um, it's, it's going to affect you. And I think other people haven't necessarily kind of um, reacted in the same way he did. But then, like you said, he went to Tottenham, he got sent off in a North London derby. He, I mean, yeah. he's been on the end of a couple of 5-2s. So actually, he's got his comeuppance yeah. in the way that he needed to. Um, and we got there eventually, but yeah, he's he was he's a weird one for me in the sense of I rated him as a player, but actually when he went, I was all right with it. I was all right with it. Well, Ash, what I was trying to do is I was trying to link in um, the name of your podcast about mm. you know beer. I don't, I can't rap, but it was <laughs> there's definitely some banner there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would love to see you rap, actually, Fergus. I would love to see that. You got to do like an Arsenal rap. <laughs> Listen, Dan hears me enough in the North Bank trying to do my Adebayor song. Man, or trying to do some of the other bits of pieces. Uh, I'm not very good. <laughs> man, you want to hear Fergus try and pronounce names? It's, oh man, it's like that's why I call him. That's why I call him the Irish Paul Merson. Honestly, <laughs> his pronunciation. So let's Let's run through your 11 again. So your 11 are at the back, uh, Almunia. Uh, and you have on left back, Ashley Cole. And on the right back, you've got uh, Bue. Your two centre-backs are uh, Colshelny and Snake Gallus. Um, you've got Jack Wheelchair, Wheel, uh, Wilshire. That pronunciation thing, Dan, you know, it's just kicked back <laughs> in again. The uh, Diaby, Cesc Fabregas uh, at the at the point of the midfield, and then the top uh, front three of Van Persie, Giroud, and Adebayor. <laughs> it's definitely been interesting. That's the idea. So I've not. T- I mean, I I take it serious because it's you know your podcast. You're doing a great job, and I've sort of looked into things. But um, take it with a pinch of salt. I mean, it's not my. Uh, you know, my all 11, as, as, as you've had before with other guests, just have it to, to change it and just, just to, uh, you know, raise a smile or, or for people to smash their devices. Mm. What the bloody <laughs> are you talking about? Um, and not to raise too much doom and gloom. I mean, you know, we could have had Roe Castle in there, sort of what happened to him, mm. uh, you know, mm. uh, sad case. But uh, just, you know, and, and players that I, I like playing that are technically good or, or just been let me down through through various games or, or incidents. So, yeah, it, it's a combination of, of that. Ben, I good, said man. at the start of this that it was, uh, and I said on our, our WhatsApp chat that it was going to be intriguing, interesting. Definitely thought it was going to be fun. 
I've as much as there's part of this I've thought, Jesus, uh, <laughs> I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed uh, running through that rabble of uh, of footballers. Uh, our podcast is a really relaxed podcast. It's it, it, the, the motto is always by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Us four on here are Arsenal fans. Uh, we've had some fun. Uh, I thank you and I thank Ash for joining us again. Remember, yeah, people, no if you want to catch more of uh, Ash and Ben, they're on Beer Raps and Banter. The soldiers are on the bottom of Ben's uh, tab on there, which is at Beer Rap Bants and yeah. at E-N-G-S-L-T. Yeah, that's the personal What's one. What's that but, all about? Oh, that's just the nickname. Just uh, my, my personal Twitter and Instagram is, is the second one. But if you do want to check us out, uh, just Google Beer Rap and Banter. Uh, and then we've got the podcast play on uh, the football one, which which Dan was a was a member on. Hopefully, Fergus, we can get you on there down the line. Um, so yeah, please check us out on all your podcast providers. Brilliant, Ash. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad right. that you've ju- jumped on again, and ho- hopefully, you guys can come on again, and we'll want to do your one to eleven as well, uh, uh, Ben as well. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it, Potsy. As always, the podcast whore. That's what you 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 you're. you're you're, you've got to change your 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 Twitter handle to podcast tour. Honestly, you do. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'll probably get a lot more followers that way, to be fair. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, it. Been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, man, you know it. But I've got a question to ask Ben just before we go, yeah? Oh, God, here we go. So go all, no, no, no. It's going to put you on spot, but you'll be able to answer it. Out of all those players, who was the biggest heartbreak for you out of all of them? Uh, I'd say Wilshire. Wilshire, just because he was just because he was English, and you know I've seen what he could do, and I see what he did for England when he pushed on. Uh, I think he got mad at a match in a few games that he played for England in qualifiers, or uh, and he was just a lad. You know we could identify with him, and you know I think Jack Wilshire, yeah, heartbreak. What could have been? What could have been? Good choice, man. When, when we didn't have that many English players in the team, which always grinds my goat, having in the Premier League, you know, not having many English players in the team. And I think that affects the national team. So, yeah, Jack. Yeah. Super Jack. I'd agree. I'd agree, man. Great stuff. I'd agree. Great. A pleasure. Be followed by uh, Fabregas. Listen, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. Uh, we are all in lockdown. I'm going to sit in the garden still, I think, and I'm going to take the beef out ready to put on uh, some Sunday roast. It's Sunday when we recorded this, so I'm going to do a bit of Sunday roast. But please, people, uh, hope you've enjoyed this. If you have, please share it on Facebook, on Twitter, and, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Stay home, stay safe. Thank you. I'll be Arsenal. I'll be Arsenal. I'll be Arsenal. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.